what's going on everybody welcome back to living electric i am back this week my internet is still being very slow so we're working on getting that fixed yeah. but i'm <laughs> at least back in some capacity we'll see how good this video and audio turns out but uh yeah we're back brandon and tyler did a great job last week so definitely check out that episode if you missed it get a break from my voice so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well tyler did most of the talking in that episode oh good so, yeah there you go yeah. break from both yeah. of us if you're annoyed with yeah. us yet <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> perfect well yeah, i'm so. happy to be back you know i i know that we took a little bit of a hiatus and we did some um, right. I would say more like ad hoc episodes. You know, we did that fun game with the AI generated images, but I'm excited right. to get more into the conversations and these new topics with EVs. Yeah, I think I think we've done some surveys and stuff, and this is what people like like the most is us just kind of chatting and BSing about random <laughs> random EV topics <laughs> and kind of giving our our uh, our thoughts on it. So yeah, excited to be back talking about that stuff as well. I am in a new house, that's why our. Uh, the internet is getting figured out and all that stuff. So if my set behind me changes or audio is sounding different or whatever, that's probably why, but I'm working on getting it back up to snuff. So, (laughs) (laughs) but we've got some fun topics today. I think we're going to start with the Tesla slash North American charging standard. They're calling it NACS for short. Um, So I don't know, Brandon, you want to give some background on that before we kind of dive into our thoughts. Or if you yeah. want me to. Well, so I, I know you can't see my, my video right now, but I, I shook my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> only because I, I really have, you know, some opinions on this, but we, we can get to that. Um, okay. So a few weeks ago, uh, in the middle of November, Tesla, um, I would say randomly announced, like, I think there was like some rumors that they were going to announce that they were publicly going to open up their charging standard. Uh, or what they're calling now the North American Charging Standard, um, which, right. in my opinion, is a little bit on the cockier side. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they mentioned or they, they had an official um, uh, announcement that they will be pretty much like pushing that as the new electric vehicle charging standard here in the United States as well as Canada. Um, You know, they they opened up the patent to manufacturers to utilize this charging standard in the hopes that manufacturers would adopt that and then open up, you know, like the supercharger network essentially to those manufacturers. Um, So, you know, you know, they they really toted and and this is true. You know, the the Tesla standard is a much easier to use standard versus, you know, Chatmo or CCS or, you know, green or blue uh, charging standards. It just offers an easier user experience. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, they, they you know, unveiled a bunch of specs. You know, there was a lot of things that I actually didn't even know that that standard could do. Like the, uh, is it vehicle to grid? Is that what yeah, it can do? Yeah, V2G, like the, yep. Yeah, V2G. Um, At least it's set up for it. Like the protocols and stuff are there for it, but not necessarily in the field right now, if that makes sense. Like superchargers yeah. aren't doing V2G, so. Yeah. Well, it was just like that. That was actually something I never even knew it could do. You know, like I knew it had like data interchanges, but I didn't know that right. that was like a capability, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then they also confirmed confirmed that it can do 900 volt charging, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I didn't I didn't read through all the specs, so that's good to know as well that it can it can go up to 900 volts. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's impressive, especially for the you know like the form factor of the actual connector like having it be that small like it's just it's really impressive um but 
obviously, you know, that was more of a summary <laughs> of what it can do, <laughs> you know, so we could provide some more links and details on that. But um, Alex, I would love to know your thoughts and, you know, how you feel about this. Right. Yeah, we'll have to link to the like Tesla blog post because they've got links to like their standard documentation and their white paper and like really technical details. If you want to dive into that, I think we'll kind of we'll give the the Sparknotes version <laughs> and kind of the, <laughs> the high level view because um, we know not everybody understands or cares about that stuff just as an everyday driver. Right. So, um, yeah, there's there's a couple ways to look at it. I think to kind of set the frame of everything is like they're not only opening the um, like the plug of like saying, hey, any vehicle can charge here if you put this port on your vehicle. They're also opening it up to like charging manufacturers. So like non-Tesla manufacturers could theoretically put a Tesla plug on their charger. So, I mean, like Electrify America, I'm sure is already looking at this. EVgo, I'm sure is looking at this and talking with their uh, their OEMs that are making their chargers like Delta or um, trying to think of who else makes their chargers. I know Tridi they use some Tritium, some BTC, like some of these yeah. OEMs. Signet. Signet, yeah. I know all these names because I like work in the EV charging industry. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I do too, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I think that's probably the, the bigger thing is like, now these other charging networks could say, hey, we're compatible with Tesla vehicles. And that's a big selling point. We saw that with EVgo with like kind of the them attaching Chatamo adapters to their chargers, which is kind of a workaround. But then they kind of said, hey, we can we can use we can charge Tesla vehicles. Look at us. And it's kind of was a workaround. But now they can they can really officially claim that. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess two ways to look at that. And I've I've chatted with some coworkers about this and like our, our product team at, at Nudo and got some interesting thoughts on this. First off, I think it's a, it's a huge advantage, obviously, because the more majority of EVs out there are Teslas, right? So by offering this Tesla plug, you're immediately like opening it up to more vehicles that are going to be able to charge on your network. So that's a, that's a huge plus. Um, on the flip side of that, some questions arose around, is Tesla now going to promote these other charging networks? Which I thought was a really interesting point. So yeah. if you go in your touchscreen and navigate to somewhere, generally, as you and I know and other Tesla drivers know, it will route you through superchargers to get to your destination. So now are they going to say, oh, this, this charger or this network is licensed through Tesla to use their our ports? We like we're going to start routing through them as well. I'm curious how that's going to kind of shake out. Like, do you think they're going to, they're going to start showing those on touchscreens as like Tesla chargers yeah. or Tesla ports? So, I mean, I think that's a really good question for somebody in my, you know, professional position in terms of <laughs> right. like looking at like network data literally day in and day out. Right. I, I think that that would be extremely useful, but like, you know, after like reviewing some cars, like for example, like the Kia EV6, like it shows you charging stations, but it doesn't show you all the charging stations. Right. Like, uh, for example, like, you know, there's a brand new EVgo station that just opened up on the east side of Cleveland and it's been there for th like three months, I would yeah. say. 
and it's not even in the in the navigation data of really? the EV6 we just had a few weeks ago. Interesting. Um, so, you know, like, I really think that, like, if these networks were to put that, you know, the Tesla standard on the charging, like, you know, within their networks and at their stations, right? they would really have to represent that within the data in real time. Because that's yeah. what Tesla drivers are used to, you know, with, right. through the like- supercharger network. And, um, you know, and the thing is, is that network reliability in terms of their data is hit or miss. Like, it can be very good and it can be very bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it just depends on how it's implemented. They would just have to do it right because, I mean, I feel like Tesla drivers have high expectations. Right. And that it has to work for them. So, that's that kind of brings up my other point. Like, is this a... Is this a play by Tesla to say, look how bad all these other networks are at deploying charging? (laughs) Like, like, I don't think that's a debate. Like, we can talk about all these other networks, but like the Tesla charging experience is clearly the best. They've got the best uptime on stations. They've got this Mm -hmm. most seamless charging experience. Like that is a non-negotiable or non-debatable in my opinion. Um, and like, is this just them saying, hey, like, good luck, like you could put our ports on there, but we're so confident in our port in our charging network that like, we're still going to have the best experience out there. Yeah, yeah, so, it would have to, it would have to meet that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the only that's the only way I think you're competing with a Tesla supercharger is a if there's none there (laughs) (laughs) or you like somehow have free charging or like I don't think you're going to beat the experience of like pulling up to a supercharger and using a supercharger. I don't I just don't think it's it's going to be there anytime soon, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's the thing. And, you know, the Tesla really didn't address that in that announcement. You know, like, as you mentioned, they they are hoping that other networks will adapt, you know, their connector, which would be great because, you know, like if like the EVgo implementation of the connector, you know, is limited at, you know, 50 kilowatts, which is is slow compared (laughs) to what that Chatamo can actually do at that location. Right. So if if these networks could implement it properly it could be a really good experience but if they have it tied back to how you initialize a charge that is kind of just going back to like well that's another mobile app you have to download it's another experience you have to (laughs) you know go through and and hopefully that charging station is even working you know so like yeah yeah it's um it's really tough. I like. I feel like it's it's a good thing that Tesla is implementing this, or at least trying to get manufacturers to implement it. Yeah. But I just hope it doesn't backfire. Like I think right. that's right. a concern. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the other thing too is like I always give the Apple example. Apple kind of like has this thing around products where like you have to have the made for iPhone like license on it. So if you make any kind of Apple accessory or iPhone accessory, it has to say like made for iPhone on it, which I think is really interesting. And I think like Tesla is almost taking that approach is like, hey, you can use our stuff, but you've got to follow our standard to a T and it's got to be like licensed almost almost through us, which I haven't read too deep into kind of the legal part of that. But I'm I'm curious if that's kind of what they're going for as well is like, yeah, you can use our port, but it's got to be licensed or you got to pay us some fee. So it didn't yeah, sound like that, but I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, my voice just cracked. Sorry. Yeah, mine is too. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're a little rusty with this. You know, it's been a few weeks since we've right, had like right. a proper episode. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, 
like I, I know as part of the announcement they didn't really go into that type of detail i mean i'm assuming right. based on i mean we know how how things operate in this industry i'm assuming that would be a private conversation they would have with those right. networks yeah um i mean like i i do wish that there was a little bit more transparency especially for like you know for example like a smaller network who is interested in implementing that um i don't know how difficult it is to get a meeting <laughs> with tesla's charging <laughs> team <laughs> right so i yeah. don't know <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But I, d I do have a question for you, Alex, you know, because I, I want your opinion on this. Um, you know, with with all these manufacturers producing these electric vehicles, and the majority of them are using, you know, green or CCS charging standard. Yeah. Um, do you feel like it's a little too late that Tesla did this? No, Um I don't think so. And I think people lose perspective of this all the time. I'm glad you brought this up because I forgot to make this point myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is I think us in the industry and I've said this before is like we get so caught up and like oh we're already we've already set the standard for things like we can't be changing standards right now. It's like you realize how small the EV market still is. It's all anybody's yeah. talking about that. I love that. Like it's it's at the front of a lot of news stuff right now like very much the cutting edge of the the auto industry right now which is great it's still very new <laughs> like we are yeah. oh, this yeah. is still very much a baby industry like it is growing incredibly fast but i don't think it's like so soon that we need to lock ourselves into a standard for 20 years like i think that's ridiculous like you're holding up progress by saying hey we all need to be using this standard i think i think we are gravitating around that ccs standard and that's great and like that's what most charging networks are putting in but like i don't think i don't necessarily get the backlash towards tesla and saying like oh we shouldn't be using this tesla plug at all like i think that's a little bit ridiculous i think mm -hmm. the the only like equivalent thing i can think of is like remember when we used like usb like full-sized usb for everything like that's how oh, you yeah. interface with every single computer that's how you plugged in your printer that's how you charged everything like it was all through USB and now it's like, look at it, everything now, everything's USB-C. Like that's what yeah. the the yeah. standard is moving towards. So I I think it's just kind of like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that take that like, hey, it's too late. We, we all need to be using CCS. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a little ridiculous personally. <laughs> I'm curious your yeah. thoughts on that though. Yeah, I, I'm a bit mixed on it, to be yeah. honest. I mean, you you did bring up actually a really good point with the USB-C versus USB-A. I mean, like, essentially, a lot of that technology was implemented, what, less than 25-ish years right. ago? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, when you really look back, like, yeah, that does seem like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not, you know? Right. And, um, I mean, this is just my opinion. I'm just going to, I know this is not a cell phone, uh, podcast. Right. I hope Apple eventually does go with USB-C just to make it universal. But, um, right. that's just my opinion about that. But, <laughs> you know, to get back to the Tesla standard, I'm, I'm a bit mixed with it. Um, okay. I think that it would be really good for these manufacturers to be open to the idea of switching to this new standard. Yeah. Really wish that it wasn't called the north american charging standard because they <laughs> yeah. should have just left it as like the tesla standard i get it you know they're trying to make it right. more universal for these right. other manufacturers um i hope that maybe they offer it as like an option you know like for maybe I, this Ooh. is just a hypothetical idea you know whereas like yeah. you know you're configuring your vehicle and be like well 
I, you know, like, I, I kind of want the Tesla experience. I'm going to go with the Tesla standard versus, you know, if if another uh, consumer wants the green or CCS standard, they can right. go with that. Right. Um, I think that would be really cool if manufacturers did that. But I feel like so many manufacturers are like, well, Tesla is already polarizing enough <laughs> in terms of how right. Elon is running things <laughs> that I feel like these manufacturers are not going to want anything to do with any association with that. Um, that's just my opinion. Obviously, yeah. you know, I don't have any experience with like through the OEMs the eyes, but just based right. on like what I've witnessed working oh, yeah. and reviewing vehicles and talking to people in the industry, definitely, it's, um, a lot of people want to do their own thing. Yeah. And, um, I think we're early on enough to where if with the right guidance, we could go down the right path. But at the moment, it is still kind of that Wild West <laughs> environment. Right. Yeah, I use that analogy all the time. <laughs> it's like that's we're, what still, it is. <laughs> we're still figuring a lot of this stuff out. And I, yeah. I guess another analogy I would give is like, look at kind of the past 10 years of EV charging. Most fast charging sites have put a CCS plug and a Chatamo yep. plug at all these sites. And like, look at us now. Now we're like, we're really shifting towards CCS. Like, what if somebody back then was like, oh, we should really standardize around the Chatamo plug. It's just, it's the superior one. It could do V to G. It can do all this stuff. CCS can't do that. And it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, what, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's hard. It's too early to say with a lot of these things. And yeah, that maybe yeah. would be my advice if you're like installing a new charging site i think it would be advantageous to include a tesla plug there like oh for sure if you have the option yeah. and are able to like do a ccs and a tesla plug like why not have both we've seen that work yeah. in the past with with ea right where you have you can't charge on both of them at once but you have to choose your plug when you pull up so yeah 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 i mean i think it would just make sense to offer all the plug types at the you know in the meantime until we can figure it out because yeah. actually another prime example too you know the the tesla roadster you know, from like <laughs> right. 20, 2008 to like 2012 had its own charging standard. Like even when own the model S was introduced. Yeah. 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 And, and that already faded away. Um, <laughs> right. So like, and you know, we see what's happening with, with Chatamo here in the United States. That's already fading away. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, Mitsubishi is the only one that still uses it because it's now on the, the 2023 Outlander PHEV. Don't even get me started on fast charging with plug-in hybrids. But, um, but, you know, we're starting to, yeah, we'll have a whole episode on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, I agree with you. I think it's still too early. I just hope the manufacturers keep an open mind to giving that option to the consumer because it would be, it would be extremely cool to be like, I want that F-150 lightning with the Tesla standard, you know, like (laughs) I want to experience like (laughs) just bureaucratically or like company wise, like, could you imagine Ford putting a Tesla plug on something? Like I cannot, (laughs) but we we would have to call it the NACS or NACS. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Is that how you, are people calling it that NACS? (laughs) We're inventing that now. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You're welcome, Elon. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm curious to know what, um, you know, what our listeners think of that as well, you know, because I, I know when Tesla announced it, I, it was kind of like, oh, you know, like it was met with like fanfare and celebration. And then I felt like a lot of people are like, eh, like a little too late, you know, type of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section or, you know, let us know on social because we would love to know. Definitely. Yeah. So I guess that kind of segues us nicely because we talked about kind of the, the 
Tesla basically <laughs> saying <laughs> kind of game on to other people. If you want to put a report on stuff, like good luck. Um, and I know that's, you brought it up earlier, kind of charging uptime in general has been an issue in the industry. So I'm curious kind of what your thoughts are on that in general and maybe like some, some thoughts of what we need to do to fix it or why that happens and, and those sorts no. of things. Well, so I, I feel like you're going to have more you know, knowledge <laughs> and insight into this because I, I mainly only see it from a data perspective. Yeah. Um, I don't have the background knowledge of like, I, I guess like the one thing that always pops in my head is like temperature sensor. I don't know why, like I've seen just people talk about that. Maybe that's just like a shot in the dark. I don't know, but we can get there. Um, I, I mean, my opinion um, regarding, you know, like charger uptime is that it really needs to be improved. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like big I think that's time. a fact. I don't think that's an opinion. <laughs> no, that, it's, it's a fact. It, it, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to state that again. It is a fact that charging uptime needs to be improved because like, you know, like even Tesla, like they don't have 100% uptime. Like they're yeah. close to it. I think, I think they announced they had like 97% uptime or something like that. But the last time I read, the majority of the major networks had like 60 to like, I think 67% uptime. I would, yeah. I'm going to have to try to find that article. But that's a D, that's like a D minus to a D plus. <laughs> right. Like, are we proud of that? <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be proud to be like, oh, I got a D plus on my, you know, test. Like, that's not right. something to be proud of. That means that right. you should improve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and I'm not grade shaming anybody. If that works for you, that's good. But, um... <laughs> I just, I feel like, yeah, there's just a lot of room because like, you know, from a data perspective, what we've been seeing is a lot of the manufacturers are still trying to figure out, or the networks are still trying to figure out how to represent like charger offline, charger, you know, like status in yeah. their data. Mm -hmm. And it's still an open conversation of what is going to be represented, what their values right. are going to look like, stuff like that. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't have much more insight than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of the the conversation, at least from my end, what I see in the industry is like just defining uptime in general. Like, what mm -hmm. does it mean that a charger is like ninety seven percent up or has a ninety seven percent uptime? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean at least one plug at the site is working? Does that mean yeah. that like um, all plugs at the site are working? Is that across every port? Is that by location? Um, is that like, is that including like stop charging sessions? Like what all does that mean? Cause like there's so many data and like types of situations the charger can be in where it could technically be up, but like, isn't working, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like it could be powered <laughs> yeah. on and like um, quote unquote up, but it's not when somebody comes up to use it, they're having some software issue just initiating the charge. But on the back end, it's saying, oh yeah, everything's good. Like we should be able to activate something or like maybe the credit card reader is broken if that's what they're using. Like there's just so many different factors that go into it. Mm -hmm. I think that's where like the conversation generally like starts is like, how are we defining this like uptime number? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> generally how I like to define it is like, the charger is online, meaning that it has power, it's connected to the internet, and it is like either actively dispensing energy or it has the capability to if somebody were to come up at any moment. Like that's generally how I define it. Um, and I like seeing that on a like per port basis generally, because I feel like that's more representative. So I think it's okay. a little bit like 
disingenuous to be like, oh yeah, like our our stations have a like eighty percent uptime. Well, like as long as one port at your like site is working, you could quote you could say we have an eighty percent uptime. That means like a majority of your your ports might be down in a site, but it's up. Like I think that's a little disingenuous. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of different factors that go into it. So just a follow up question for you. Yeah. When you say I, I'm now I might be changing the way that you worded this, but <laughs> no, when, you're good. I'll, when I'll you clarify, said, that was a little rambly. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean it makes sense, but like when you say um like oh man, now I'm drawing a blank of how I wanted to word this. When um when you say like a charger has the capability of dispensing energy, yeah. are you saying like for example, if like I showed up to a charger and it's not initializing the charger, you know, doing the handshake quote unquote and I call customer service and they reset the the station and then it starts working. Is that kind of what you meant by that? Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> and that's where it's kind of becomes a gray area, right? Because like, are you mm -hmm. saying that station is online and up if they had to call customer service to get it working? Like I'd yeah. say, oh no, that's down. <laughs> but like, you don't know how long that's been happening if you don't have that mm -hmm. data or like the charger isn't spitting out an error. So it's, it's harder to find then. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. So data is so funny. I'm sure you see this in your job is like people can tweak the data to make themselves look good or like make it sound better than it is. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely I mean, it's a conversation that we're, you know, not to get into like too much detail, but like it's a conversation like we're actively having right. um, with with some of the networks. I mean, not me directly, but some of the people that we work with. Yeah. To to. um identify how that's going to be represented in their data so it can come through to the AFDC as proper. This is a station that is truly offline. Right. And right. the thing is, is that like a lot of the networks, which, you know, we just talked about, it's still kind of that wild west gray area <laughs> right. where they want to identify it how they want to identify it, but based on OCPI standard, you know, right. um, which for those who do not, do not know, I'm still learning about it. It's uh, called, <laughs> Open Connector Protocol Interchange? Is that what the I stands for? Oh, I didn't think it was that at all. <laughs> so, oh, uh, <laughs> let me um, Google that. I thought, it was, I thought it was Open Charge Point Interface. Yes. Okay, yeah. Is See, that right? this is where I'm still learning about it. You okay. were right. <laughs> I was going to say, I started learning about that like last year, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot to learn about. Oh, it, my gosh. You know? Yeah. There's so much stuff to learn. But but essentially, you know, there there's so much... Um, you know, like so many different categories of how a charger could be identified as, um, you know, like status wise within OCPI, like right. they, they have, I think like six or seven different categories of how it could be represented within that data. Right. And, um, you know, for example, like, uh, Electrify America, they will not say a station is offline in terms of like station, like status, unless all the, the chargers at that location are offline. Right. If, if three out of four are broken, but one is still working, it's technically an online station. Yeah. And it still comes through their data as available. Um, so, you know, that's something they're still figuring out and how they're going to represent that. So right. it's, um, it's really interesting to see how these networks are doing it. Um, it's yeah. a really cool conversation <laughs> to be a part of. Definitely. Definitely. So I guess why why do you think that the industry is having so many issues? Have you seen any like specifics of like why chargers are having so much issues being down? Uh, so like I haven't seen anything like 
specific. I mean, like, there is one EV ghost station that went live near Cleveland uh, back in April, and the Green 7 or 350-kilowatt charger has had issues, like, nonstop. Mm. And um, we actually have a friend that works at EVgo, and uh, they told us that the reason that it still breaks is because Delta is running into, like, um, supply issues, like, in terms of, like, getting, like, replacement parts. And, um, you know, right now it's it's totally down, but the other chargers at the location are still online. Mm. But they cannot repair them because they don't have parts to repair them. (laughs) Um, So, like, that's kind of another bottleneck (laughs) in terms of, you know, stations being back online right um but yeah i mean like i haven't really seen any other example like it's it's tough to say i'm sure have you seen a lot yeah so there's again it's kind of a multi-part answer (laughs) it's it's a it's a complicated (laughs) issue with a complicated answer um i think one of the major things i see is not power at the site so like power to the site generally is not an issue so once that site electrically is all set up, I've I've almost never seen where like a station is down because the power got shut off or there's a an issue with that. I almost never see that. Generally, it's an issue with software. So either mm, the okay. network connectivity definitely is number one. So either just poor cellular modems in the in the station or just like a poor cellular connection, which is definitely an issue in places that are more rural or definitely or have like poor cell signal to start with that could be an issue um that's probably the biggest thing i see and then just kind of software on the units they're like not communicating properly to with the back end like not not processing processing things correctly the payment processor is down like a lot of just random software issues i've noticed (laughs) like generally are the biggest issue um and I'm not sure why that is, because, like, gas stations have no problem processing payments <laughs> every single day. Like, yeah. they they almost never are down when you swipe your credit card or do whatever. Like, I think the industry is almost, like, going, like, we're so used to putting cellular on everything and, like, connecting to it versus just, like, processing a payment, like, on site and then sending it back when it, once it's done. Um because most of the time, like when you walk up to a station, you're activating that remotely. You're like, you're not interfacing directly with the station, if that makes sense. Like you're mm-hmm. on your cell phone, you're saying, hey, activate this this station. It pings the satellite that then pings like the back end of the charging station and then pings the charger. Like you're not directly connected or directly <laughs> interfacing with yeah. that charger, um, which I think is kind of weird and where a lot of the issues stem from. Um which I think is kind of odd, but like, I guess the, the only way around that is just kind of like, what does that station do when it's offline, when it can't communicate with the charger somehow? Like there needs to be a better, like offline charger activation, I think. Um, and I'm, I think that's a, that's also a complicated problem. <laughs> yeah. So, cause you've got to be able to like collect payments somehow and, and process all that stuff and make sure it's secure. And yeah. All that. yeah. But I think the true the true solution to that, and I think we've seen that. I just saw you tested with an EVgo station, um, the auto charge stuff they're starting to do. I think that's gonna that's gonna fix a lot of the problems because the car can interface directly oh, with yeah. the charger. It's yeah. communicating that that information. 
you don't have to worry about like your cell phone having a connection, the charger having a connection, like doing all this stuff remotely. Like you, you're directly connected. Like it should be able to process that data. <laughs> so, yeah, I so well. It's funny you brought up auto charge because I know Tyler just tried that with the mini. Yeah, uh, for the second time, and EVgo forgot the car. It just stopped working. So, oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So you know, after he called them, they were able to like you know, um, kind of. Uh, Man, I am drawing a blank tonight. Um, you know, reconnect the auto charge for Tyler, so it, it worked. Gotcha. But we haven't tried the Tesla since we set that up a few weeks ago. Gotcha. Um, I got to get back there and try that out to see if it actually works. <laughs> I yeah. do too. I just got the. I went in the app the other day because I saw another video of it online saying like, "Hey, look at my Tesla on auto charge," and I finally in the app it prompted me to sign up for it which was good so oh good i've got to go i've got to go test it and i think you have to like plug in once for it to like verify you or like recognize yep. the car so it can know what it's doing so yep yeah, yeah. and then after that it's pretty much seamless right <laughs> from what it, from what i've heard right yeah yeah so you know alex i have a question for you because you brought up a good point with um you know with I feel like so many humans are so focused on like cellular connection with getting like computers <laughs> right. connected to some type of wireless, you know, connection. Yeah. Um, how many stations have you seen that are hardwired in terms of like internet connection? I have not seen a lot, honestly. There's it's in very limited capacity. Um, that's something I've. <clears throat> well there's it's again kind of complicated because generally like a wired like you'd have to do like ethernet basically so you're connecting to like either a, a cellular modem eventually where it connects to cellular somewhere with a better signal or connects mm -hmm. to like your local wi-fi network or your local like access point i guess um but generally that can get that can add a lot of expense and sometimes the uh the ethernet runs can't be above like a certain number of feet. I don't know what it is off the top of my oh, head. Yeah. I should know that, but like, yeah, usually with wireless stuff, you're not as limited by like how far apart things can be. <laughs> Cause anytime something's like hardwired, think about some of the, the fast charging stations you've seen. They're sometimes at the back of parking lots. Like they're not tearing up yeah. the whole parking lot to connect to the, the buyer or the, the, <laughs> the local store that is there. Right. <laughs> so, yeah wireless yeah. is usually the way to go um one thing i have been recommending actually is for like fleets that are building like a fleet depot or something like that i think ethernet is probably a more reliable solution because you're you're directly hardwired you know you're going to have fast data speeds for collecting data from all these chargers um and like those stations need to be connected at all times like <laughs> they cannot yeah. drop off like your cars need to be charge your trucks need to be charged all that stuff so like in that kind of like high pressure like 24 7 operation i think ethernet is de is definitely needs to be looked at as a possibility so yeah 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 i'm just i'm just curious because like you you brought up a really good point you know with like gas stations being able to like process you know payments <laughs> and like right have like high uptime well, when you really think of it, gas stations have dedicated locations. Obviously, you know, they, they have to in order to, like, store yep. the fuel. Yep. So, whereas, like, you know, a random level two charger could be, you know, a, I don't know, like a football, you know, field away yeah. from, like, 
you know, like the, the main building that it can, right. you know, could be connected to. So yeah. that that's just really interesting because I'm I'm curious, you know, like especially as like Electrify America is, you know, another example, when they start building these um, you know, like charging lounges and like these like beautiful like designs that they you know they announce, will they have connections like that? Yeah. To make it more reliable. Um, I would think so. It, I, I honestly need to look up like how gas station credit card readers are are yeah. connected to <laughs> to the like the gas station like i'm cu- i'm curious about that now i'll have to look that up but yeah i don't know if you've ever been to the only analogy i can give is i don't know if you've ever been to a vendor where they're using one of those mobile like stripe or square payment things oh yeah where like it's on their yeah. ipad or whatever and they'll be like oh i can't process your credit card right now because my ipad isn't connected to the cellular like I don't know if you've ever had that happen, um, but I've I been to like some twice. exactly what's happening with, for some of these stations is like it's not processing payment because it can't verify the payment with the network. That's interesting. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that does bring up the whole point of like security as well. You know, like if yeah. if there's no internet connection to the charger and someone swipes a credit card or you know something like that, does their num- like the credit card information get stored until it gets reconnected? Like, yeah. And that's the thing is like, do you just go ahead and authenticate the charge and give them free energy and just assume everything's good? Like generally no. Right. (laughs) Like anytime, anytime you swipe your credit card at a vendor or like a restaurant or anything like that, it's processing in real time, verifying with the credit card company, like all of that stuff happens when you swipe your card. Mm -hmm. So like, I understand that's the precedent that has been set. So I think it is important to verify all that stuff. It's just, I think, finding a better way to do it <laughs> or oh, yeah. more reliable way to do it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is really good insight to how like charger uptime could be improved. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, if it, if you know, the major limitation would be for software or let alone just a, a reliable internet connection or you know, like a network connection. Right. <laughs> there's really not yeah. much you can do as like a network installer you know especially if like the charging station is across the parking lot from the main right you know the main hub if you want to call it right. that yep Th- that's interesting yeah because i never really thought about it but now i'm like running through my head all the examples of charging stations i've stopped at that like are nowhere near buildings <laughs> <laughs> right you know so <laughs> like oh that's why it's not working yeah and we've also sense. seen like Sometimes people will buy chargers and be like, oh, I don't want to pay the network fees. I'm just going to connect to my local Wi-Fi that's in our hotel that's 200 feet away from the charger. <laughs> it's like, well, that's, I mean, you could do that, but it's probably not going to work. You're going to need, going to need a Wi-Fi booster. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely like the biggest problem I've seen with stuff is just the network connectivity. That seems to be the number one issue that is causing stations to go down. The other issue with that too is when you lose network connectivity, you lose visibility into the station. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if it's down, and maybe not down because of the, not only is it down because of the network, what if somebody rolled over the cable or like a chip got fried in there for whatever reason? Like you don't even have visibility into that because it's not connected to the network. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're kind of flying blind of trying to figure out what's going on. So. I feel like there's so many scenarios <laughs> to this that it's just simply there's not. There's so many layers. 
Yeah, yeah. It's I, every time I think of like layers, I think of Shrek. You know, when he's like, like the onion. <laughs> right. it's just, We're it's peeling a, back the onion on this episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that's essentially what it is. Like, there's so many scenarios and so many like you know case uh, case examples where something could go wrong. And I think right. that that's where it really makes things complicated for networks on how they can identify um, and keep stations up. Right. It's it's right. really it's interesting. I I think I, this was a good conversation because this really enlightened me to like how things could go wrong <laughs> with charging right. stations. Yeah. It's, so I I do have a question for you since you've worked with like installers and you know like getting charging stations up and running. So you know the the EVgo station that went live in April went up within a matter of I think months. Like I like I mean wow. when I say months I mean like you know like three or four months. Like it was not yeah. as long as like I've seen some installs. <laughs> right. Do you feel like reliability or station reliability can be based on how fast an installer installs it? Like how many times have you th- seen things go wrong? Yeah. So. If you can answer kind that. Of give, yeah, get, <laughs> to give background on that, for sure, The most of the problems with stations, especially after, like, right after they've been installed, I've seen a lot of examples of that online as people will be like, this station's brand new, is already having issues. It's like, not to blame it on the installer, because there's, I mean, there's a bigger team than just the electrician that's there. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the problems with stations happen within the first, like, 7 to 14 days that it's installed. It's like, that's when you start noticing the issues, right? Because that's the first time it's been powered up. That's the first time it's processing payment. That's the first time it's charging cars. Like, that's when a lot of those issues start happening. Um, And that can also be where you discover those network issues I was talking about. Either Mm -hmm. it wasn't correctly connected to the network, which I've seen before. It wasn't even commissioned properly. So it's like sitting there installed, but hasn't actually been activated. Like that happens all the time where things are sitting there, it has power run to it, but it just hasn't been properly like commissioned and set up and payment processing is set up, like all of that stuff. Like a lot of those issues arise in kind of those those first couple weeks. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there any process put in place? I mean, like, I guess it's hard because like well, maybe not. I mean, I, I don't have insight into this, like how like a networks like operate, but like how much testing goes into that, you know, like before like a station is open to the public, is there like weeks worth of testing to make sure things are good? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's two sides to it. There's first that the like a lot of the like quality control of the station itself should have been caught in manufacturing. So like <clears throat> if there are issues with the station, like, those should have been caught before it even rolls out and gets on a truck. Um, But then, yeah, like once it's being commissioned, there should be some checks there. I know, I know we've done that in the past where it's like, after it's been commissioned, quote unquote, you've got to plug a car in and like, make sure it actually charges it. (laughs) And that's working properly. Like that's, that's certainly, I think a check every installer should do is like charge an EV after you've commissioned the station, got Mm -hmm. it turned on, like make sure it's actually, power is flowing properly it can process a payment just do that quick check like i feel like that catches a ton of issues so okay definitely definitely recommend that for sure (laughs) i know that's like very engineering like minded is like double check everything and (laughs) verify it's working like you don't just like set something up and be like okay we're good (laughs) and walk away (laughs) like you absolutely i think you absolutely need to check and make sure things are working oh yeah 
yeah. I've always been a firm believer it's better to be proactive than reactive. You know, if possible. Obviously, life doesn't sure. work that way. But yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Now, this was, a, this was a good conversation. I, I think we need to start having more conversations like this because it's, you know, like even working in the industry, it's always interesting to hear it from the standpoint of, you know, somebody who is actually like hands-on getting stations in the ground versus someone who just sees the station when they show up in data, you know? Right. Um, and I, <laughs> yep. I think it's cool to kind of merge the two topics. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so I think, to wrap up here, definitely like want to hear, as with every topic, we want to hear the, the audience's thoughts here. So first off, Tesla plug or Max plug or NACS plug, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Would love to hear everybody's thoughts on that. Whether you think, you know, should should OEM start putting it on their cars? Should Charger OEM start offering that work in the industry? Or you have a story about a station being down, what that issue was, how it got resolved, all that stuff. I think it'd be interesting to hear. Definitely. So, definitely yeah, let us know. Absolutely. Well, am I, am I doing the outro this time since I messed up last week? Oh, I thought that was the oh, outro. okay. Well, <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next episode. <laughs> Sounds good. See you, everybody.